This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second past. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. In this week's episode, we'll talk about the breaking news around Binance as things go from bad to worse with the global exchange as they battle the SEC. We'll look at the huge Ethereum staking gains in May and we'll discuss the token XRP or Ripple, who've also been embroiled with the SEC of their own battle for the last few years as that comes to an end. My name's Tracy and this week the gang is back together all over different parts of the world. That's Blake and Craig. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Good to be back together. Hey, Trace, the A-team is back. The A-team's back. Hey, Craig. G'day, another quiet week in crypto land. Nothing ever happens. I know, it's like we have nothing to talk about every week. Oh, but look, yeah, breaking news uh, in the last kind of 24, 12 hours, but set the scene a little bit on this one. There, We spoke about this a little bit last week. There was an initial rally after the debt ceiling uh, kind of came about last week, plus apparently a little bit playing into that was the Turkey elections, which really? always sets us. Yeah, apparently I... I, I kind of stumbled across this story a couple of times when doing research over this week and the Turkish love their crypto and it happened last time the elections took place. Or maybe because their dollar's really inflated. Yeah, and if the right people get into power, things always have a pump. So that kind of coincided with the debt ceiling last week and and prices had a bit of a pump, but then they fell pretty sharply at the same time. And there was also a little bit of hawkish sentiment that came out from the from the Fed. Uh, but most traders were actually looking at a bit of a downward trend for this week anyway, but I don't think they were anticipating the Binance news that we've had in the last 12 hours. Yeah, but just before we move on to that trace, it might be just worth highlighting um, the debt ceiling is the gross debt of the US government and they had reached their debt ceiling. Um, they have now deferred the decision to increase the debt ceiling out, what was it, 12 months? or an- To January 2025. And as a result of that, it means that, you know, um, potentially there could be more government spending, there could be more stimulus, um, and as a result, assets could increase. So again, there, like I said, that we were looking at probably a, a kind of slow or downturn week as it was, but then this Binance news hit Craig. Yeah, this is insane. So the SEC is the Securities Commission 
in the US, as we know, they've been in the news so much this year with Coinbase, with Tron, with seems countless Kraken, Kraken FTX, seems a never-ending cycle of SEC suing people, but now they're suing CZ and Binance. So they've alleged that CZ and Binance have enriched themselves by billions of US dollars while placing investors' assets at significant risk. They're saying that Binance has mishandled billions of dollars in funds and there is... Act- and co- I think co-mingled funds also, co-mingled users' funds, yeah. Which is FTX vibes. Altogether, there's 13 different charges. Um, so this is causing a huge stir in the markets. Crypto Twitter's going off. Blake, give us your thoughts, please. You know, the SEC is certainly on a war path, particularly with an exchange like Binance that's a global global platform. As I understand, they don't provide um, sophisticated products to US market, but US investors have been getting their way around those blocks so that they can use things like futures and leverage. And I think that's what the SEC is getting at. But also they have said that there are unregistered securities on the platform. Trace, do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, so they're talking about these other ones that they are now going after and we'll list those. We've got Cardano, Solana, Polygon, Cosmos, Filecoin, Axie Infinity, Coty, Sandbox, and Decentraland. So on this news last night, uh, many of those did take a big tumble. I think on average you're looking at 7 or 8% was lost on those. Um, Bitcoin, Ethereum themselves lost 4 or 5%. But we were, we were just talking off air, Blake, how do they actually name these? You know, why do they choose these in particular? That's a good question. So one of the key methodologies that they use is the Howey test. However, um, you know, it's really interesting to see that, you know, there could have been, you know, 50 other coins bundled in with these 12. Um, and it's interesting that they didn't include, um, things like Tether or, um, or even Ethereum in here. And it's also interesting that they, uh, not going after these projects directly, or I haven't heard about them going after um, these projects directly for um, raising or selling um, unregistered securities for raising capital for their projects. So who knows what's happening here, what the motivation is, what the methodology is, um, but it seems like a bit of chaos to me. And I think we covered off in March that Binance was being investigated by the SEC since 2020 and they had text messages. You guys remember these text messages that got leaked, which sort of showed that Binance were trying to hide from US scrutiny. So all this is now coming to the forefront with these allegations. Yeah, I'm not sure where this will end. Maybe there's some kind of, you know, maximum fine. You know, maybe CZ will step down from being the global CEO on his own just to save face a little bit. But I think it, you know, it all uh, depends on how this um, gets classified as well, I assume, Blake. And, of course, all the other US-based exchanges like Gemini, Kraken, and Coinbase and others have all, you know, most of these tokens listed on their platform. So you, you could assume that you're know, in the coming weeks or months that they're also going to be sued by the SEC for selling um, unregistered securities. Mm. I think, to be honest, though, I mean, this is really big news, but all in all, the markets did kind of, you know, swallow this pretty lightly. It was a 5% dip, um, which, you know, in crypto space isn't huge. And 
potentially it could just be a massive fine. Well, it's just it's a centralised player and I think the issue, not the issue, but the, one of the caveats is that it's the Binance.us, which is under scrutiny for offering the securities, which is 5% of Binance's total volume. But, I mean, if, you, if you're listening to this, just have a look at CZ Binance's Twitter. It's pretty bad optics. He's like putting up polls saying who protects you more, the SEC or Binance. He's retweeting anyone that's supporting him and it's sort of, it's not a great look. Well, you know what? You talk about not a great look. Blake and I were having a laugh and we were actually, we were laughing, but we are actually quite gobsmacked at how the SEC put this out yeah, in the press release yeah. this morning. So that if you go on the legit SEC Twitter page, even has the government tick, they shared the news that they've charged Binance Holdings with all these violations and in the quote, they're quoting the Binance chief compliance officer in 2018 and this is the quote we are operating as a fucking unlicensed securities exchange in the usa bro that's what they actually posted on twitter yeah mm. like that is insanity it is really but the, uh, the the whole post seems emotionally driven it seems correct very unprofessional uh it's 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 you know, it's really not up to them to decide whether or not they're a securities exchange, but rather the court system. So they're publicizing evidence and, you know, potentially wavering public opinion about, you know, the, the legal standing of these assets. So yeah, it seems ridiculously unprofessional. It's, it just seems 100%. very peculiar. You've, you've hit the nail on the head there when you've said that it's emotional. This is a government body. Can you imagine if here in Australia, a government body put that out? I literally said to Blake, I had to go and check it twice. I thought it was satire. So did I. I had yeah. to go check that it was legitimate. It might be worth also pointing out that these projects, they're all billion dollar projects, Cadardo, Solana, Polygon, Cosmos. Um, so on and so forth, they're not going to be happy about this. They're going to want to take this to court as well because they don't want to be classified as a uh, security um, because it would have all sorts of ramifications for um, their organization. So I don't know the path, what the pathway is for them now that this has come out in the last you know 24 hours, but they're certainly going to want to fight it. Mm, and really interesting that, like you said, we didn't see Ethereum there. Again, we will use that as a segue into Ethereum, but we want, we'll hear loads more about this story, I'm sure, so we'll keep you up to date with it. Moving on, and Ethereum, like I just mentioned, Ethereum's having a bumper month when it comes to staking, and I wanted to chat with you guys around this here because we all love our Ethereum, but why wouldn't people flock to it with its 8% staking rewards on offer? And at the time of recording, uh, the approximate uh, supply state is 16%. So, this is phenomenal for me. And, you know, we're, we're still, you know, the market's kind of in, it's still in a downturn and Ethereum's just pumping along, guys. Yeah. So most people, you know, the, the whole staked ETH narrative has really taken off. And the, the winner, I think, is Lido, which is the Lido staked ETH, where you can, you don't need the 32 minimum to stake ETH. And they're actually gone up to number seven on the CoinGecko charts. Yeah. They've done, Massively. So the Lido has increased a further 12% over the last month alone, which is a little bit of a concern with the Ethereum faithful in regards to centralization. What's your take on this, Blake? Because on one hand, you don't need to do the minimums, which is why these centralized players and players like Lido have taken the taken the lead. 
Yeah, so there is some, you know, centralization there because so many people are using the, the Lido service in order to get staking rewards. Um, but it is good for the network because the more validators there are, the more secure the network is. You know, the, the risk is obviously counterparty risk with the smart contracts on Lido, um, that everyone's open to, but you know, the bounty's worth billions of dollars if it was going to be hacked. You know, you can assume it probably would have been hacked by now, touch wood. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't even, don't even. Yeah, well, there isn't the only one that you can do that sort of staking. Rocket Pool is there. Yeah. Um, that's been growing yeah. a lot. So, you know, I think when you want to stake your ETH, I think it's being very careful about potentially not staking your whole stack into one of these platforms because, if, as we know, if one goes down, then it's all gone. So I think a bit of risk diversification if you want to partake in staking. But, yeah, as you said, Trace, um, I think now 16% of the whole s- supply of ETH is now staked, which is huge, and that's constantly going up. That is huge, but, you know, I see a world where, you know, 30, 50% of Ethereum is staked at some point in time. You know, I don't see why not it becomes a standard process if you deposit your coins onto a crypto exchange. It's automatically staked unless you opt out. Um, I just think that all the largest wallet holders will move across to staking their Ethereum in time as they feel more comfortable with the robustness of of moving their coins and, and, and actually it, doing it. So, yeah, and this is really going to contribute in the next cycle to the reduction in circulating supply of Ethereum as well as the burning of Ethereum from every from every transaction. A little bit of Ethereum is permanently burnt. So when you have these supply dynamics, overall reducing the circulating supply of Ethereum at the same time as adoption increasing at a rapid rate, uh, you, you, you hopefully see uh, you know, substantial price appreciation. Hmm. And as we round out this story, I'm going to talk really quickly to ask you guys if you've heard of restaking yet. Have you guys heard of this? Tell us, Trace. No, what is it? No, I mean, well, look, it's it's groundbreaking. <laughs> this is like, you know, this is right on the edge here, guys, right on the edge. No, I, I, I kind of heard of it in Twitter a couple of weeks ago and then the guys from Bankless put something out. I haven't listened to the whole lot because those guys can rabbit on a bit, but it's basically restaking your stake. Um, on another network. Um, you know, there's obviously risks that come with it, but they seem super hyped up about it and said, like, it's, it's, it's groundbreaking. It's the new thing. So I just wanted to mention it because I do want to do a bit more of a deep dive in there. Um, and I think, uh, but again, it's, it's restaking your stake, which obviously comes with leverage. It's, risks. it's, a, it's yeah. a new form of leverage. Yeah. Obviously in that circumstance, you'll be getting more rewards. Um, but it does. There's high risks, obviously. Yeah. I think the way that it's being described is like if you're staking your Ethereum for rewards on these platforms, you can restake the rewards that you get to help validate other side chains. So like Yes, that's exactly what it yes, is. Yes, you could yes. help validate Arbitrum, you could help validate Optimism or like some of these other, you know, right side chains yeah. and, and stuff. And it's done through but it's done through another network. I mean it's it's let's not forget like the Ethereum only like quote unquote rebranded last like later last year. So this is all really new stuff that we're playing around with right now. So this could be a whole new industry in the next year or so. Mm. Yeah, which is why I love it. So you heard it here first. 
We've talked a lot about the SEC going after Binance and everyone else under the crypto sun, but there's a long-standing battle going on with another token called XRP or Ripple. Some of you might know about this one, but we've not really reported on this so far on the podcast, but it's getting a bit of airtime at the moment, so we figured we'd better chat about it a little bit further. Blake, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about who XRP are before we go into the details? Yeah, XRP is the native token for the Ripple network. And Ripple was a very early um, founder project by, was it Jeb who was mm-hmm. one of the, yes. yeah, it was Jeb who was yep. one of the founders of Mt. Gox. And yeah, these guys obviously hit it early, um, but they've had a lot of problems because um, compared to Bitcoin and Ethereum, Ripple has a CEO, whereas Bitcoin and Ethereum are generally decentralized. And they held a very high market cap for a long time. They were the third most valuable crypto coin at for a long time. As a result of that, they've been a target for the SEC um, for the sale of unregistered securities. Um, Ripple has generally been known for cross-border payments. Um, banks like Bank of America have um, have used RippleNet, but it's really not clear about you know how much value they've created here uh, and how that flows back into the XRP token. Uh, and you know they've been painting this narrative of um, you know building the infrastructure for banks to settle between one another. But you know there's been there's been some adoption in Japan, but. Uh, really, I don't think uh, they've achieved their vision. However, you know that doesn't mean that they won't. Mm, okay, so you just touched on a few points there, and I, I was going to throw to Craig to give us a, an understanding of why XRP really does divide folk in the crypto community. You just touched on the fact there that they do work really closely with banks. And I think, you know, that is a number one reason that they do divide the crypto community. Craig, do you agree? Yeah, there's. There's so many reasons why it divides folk, but uh, let's start with the first one that you just mentioned. So XRP is essentially trying to compete with SWIFT, which is the banking settlement provider between banks. Um, and Ripple has been around for so long. It's still number six on the crypto charts, which is, I can't believe it's still number six. Insane. <laughs> 10 years now, 10, 10 years. years. It's been, it's honestly been around for so long. And I remember when 2017 was around, this was one of the first coins that was pumped to retail users with celebrities. I remember Ashton Kutcher was on Ellen and gave away $4 million in Ripple. Katy Perry, like painted her nails with the Ripple logo. Like this was one of the ones that burnt a lot of retail investors back then. But critics have now called the XRP network not centralized because only 1,500 people can validate transactions. As you know, anyone can validate on Bitcoin, anyone can validate on Ethereum. And XRP tokens haven't been created since 2012. So the Ripple founders hold an enormous amount of power to release the coin into circulation every month to keep the supply stable. And it's now trading at around 50 cents, but at the peak bull run of 2017, it got to $3.84 and I remember when it was like one fraction of a cent so it was pretty crazy returns back then but then the 2018 market sort of dragged it back down the SEC declared that they were suing Ripple in 2020 and it said that the founders were illegally offering XRP as an unregistered security um, which led to a bunch of exchanges like Coinbase delisting the coin 
But what's interesting enough is that XRP wasn't mentioned in this Binance release. That's very interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see where it ends up. Um, and I think Ripple was created out of the US. So I wonder if that will if that will impact the decision. Mm. And it's also alleged that the founders or I can't remember if it was the founders or the company itself, uh, one year sold $650 million worth of Ripple into the market um, to release to release their own position, which, you know, obviously, yeah, is, is not a great scenario. And just like what Blake means by owners selling the token. So there's around 50 billion tokens in circulation and there's a max supply of 100 billion. So when Blake says that they're slowly releasing tokens from the tokens that aren't circulating, so the it's obviously being staked or it's in wallets or whatever, but it's not in the market. So they will slowly release new tokens, which gets bought up by retail. Yeah, but you've just got so many, so many XRP loyal followers, devote fans out there. But they have they have a very strong narrative, and if I had a dollar for every time somebody came to me and said, you know, I'm considering investing into crypto, um, I think Ripple's going to be the next big thing. Um, it's it's because it displays it displays some certain optics. First of all, its price is very low per coin, even though there's billions of coins, um, and the narrative is quite strong that it's you know going to be used to disrupt you know the current banking system but really you know they need to align with the current banking system as their client base um, in order for their platform to be successful so yeah there's really a lot going on here Um, and you know we can't completely um, riff on them they have had some success with some banks in some regions um, and that could be scaled out but what are we now 11 12 years into the project um, being live and it'd be really interesting to see the percentage of network share they've been able to take from the swift network and i suggest that it'd be um very it'd be very low and i used to i used to bag them out so much but now in 2023 still in the top 10 Still mm. obviously doing things and you just sort of like, okay, I'm going to eat my words a little bit, maybe. I just stay out of those uh, conversations, to be honest, when it comes to XRP. But look, as we mentioned, the, the lawsuit, which has been ongoing now for you know almost three years, will wrap up this month, reportedly, and XRP is expected to win. Uh, and that has been driving the price in the market. If you have a look, it's had uh, 34% up in the last three months, another 10% up this month. It's, it's even fared well in, in, the, in the dip this week. So... So we will see how it goes, boys. Yeah, and I might just like to add here that, you know, it really comes down to the amount of resources these organizations and companies have to fight the SEC. You know, if there's a project that can throw, you know, 100 mil, 200 mil, maybe more of legals at the SEC to fight this, um, then, uh, you know, the odds certainly stack in their favor. And these guys have the capital in order to to win these cases. So, yeah, just something to note, I think. And with that, we'll head off for a break. And when we come back, our short, sharp news bites. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. Anyone out there who's thinking of downloading the Bamboo app, then remember, if you use the code CURIOUS, you'll get $10 of free Bitcoin. So go for it, folks. Blake, you've been off for two weeks, so you get the honours of giving us our short, sharp news bite number one for today. Perfect. Thank you. So Google searches for crypto um, fall to 2020 levels as BTC sentiment becomes neutral um, with a score of 17 out of 100. It's uh, low. Yeah, it's very mm. low. Online interest in crypto has taken a big hit from the higher levels, and I'm sure your narratives and, and in industries like AI are picking up all that interest. Mm, absolutely. But we like that because that just means that, you know, things are bubbling away and interest is going to come flying back when it's ready. Craig, what's up next? I got one for you, Trey. So Nansen, one of my favourite blockchain companies, has laid off 30% of their staff. So the layoffs have hurt Nance and they've also hurt Binance as well. They announced they're cutting 20% of their staff in June and Gemini have also said they're letting go of a bunch of staff. So the layoff season continues, Tracy. Next up, Uniswap, which is a decentralized exchange protocol, was targeted by an elaborate impersonation scam in China. Read about this one and heard a bit. So apparently this was like involved like deep faking and they staged an entire video featuring individuals posing as high-ranking Uniswap executives. Yeah, this one wasn't great. I think um, they were considering putting Uniswap as uh, one of the possibilities on the Hong Kong list to uh, be traded as of the 1st of June. It's not on there, but it's being talked about. So, yeah, that's unfortunate for, for Uniswap. But see, it's just getting, you know, more elaborate with these fakes. So be safe. What's up next, Blake? Cool. So I don't know why you give me these NFT and metaverse stories, um, <laughs> but uh, Japan's All Nippon Airways, ANA, develops an NFT platform called ANA Grand Whale NFT Marketplace. So exciting stuff coming out of exciting stuff coming out of Japan. Atomic Wallet, which is a decentralized non-custodial crypto wallet, suffered an attack that resulted in around $14 million of user funds being lost. And one person actually lost $2 million. So guys, be safe with your non-custodial wallets. Mm, okay. This one is Paulie0x. He is a crypto Twitter influencer that I actually I actually follow him. I didn't even know I was following. But this is what he's done. He said on his Twitter that he was going to do absolutely nothing if people sent him cash and uh, he, he just thought he'd do it as a, as a trial, see if they did it, and it was a bit of a joke, but they did. As a result, $1.1 million worth of money sent to his digital wallet in less than 24 hours, and it's just a testament of how unpredictable and how stupid people are in this community. Everyone's saying, oh, it's really funny. So he promised nothing. He's put a tweet out there saying, you know, I promise nothing in return if you send me money to this address. Um, looking a bit further into it, that address with that money, he went and bought an address that said, I promise nothing.eth. So there you go. Wow. All right. Another story here. 
from Nike and EA Sports. They're teaming up to integrate for digital collectibles. Oh, Nike's web-free platform. Yeah, membership cards. This is quite cool. I got one for you guys. So we covered off Sotheby auctioning three Arrow Capitals NFTs. Turns out they've sold a bunch and they brought in $2.5 million in NFT sales. So they're not dead yet, guys. And they're actually going to continue this because it's worked so well. So... Um, three Arrow Capitals liquidator published a note outlining its intent to sell all of its list of NFTs. So watch this space. There's a CryptoPunk, there's a Fidenza, there's an auto Autoglyph, which is like a um, generative art. So interesting. Tron's network founder, Justin Sun, confirmed on Twitter that Tron's TRX has now expanded its reach by going live on the Ethereum blockchain by leveraging the BitTorrent bridge. That's actually quite a feat for uh, Sun and Tron. Still wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot barge pole, but well done. There you go. What's next? All right, social platform Reddit that we all love to use is close to reaching 10 million holders of its collectible avatars. Now, this is a pretty massive um, achievement. I've been uh, I've been collecting some of these as well. I've gone back on to have a look. What? Yeah, yeah. So you only collect them because they're not called NFTs because they're called collectible avatars. Exactly right. But in le- 11 months, they've achieved you know such such widespread adoption of NFTs and, and this technology and, and people on the platform love it um you know it gives people a personality on the platform compared to compared to what it was beforehand so yeah no amazing job from the reddit team yeah that's pretty awesome all right and i think that's it for all of our short sharp news bites and the news in crypto land for this week so we'll be back with you next week hope you can join us if you'd like to get in contact podcast at getbamboo.io or you can join us in the facebook crypto curious group Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In a spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.